CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. Mark Striegel coming to you from Maplewood, New Jersey today. Hey, how are you? Welcome to the show. Let's get right into a song. This is uh, actually by a Talking Metal listener. Long time Talking Metal listener, Eric has uh, played in a lot of great bands through the years. And he's always uh, turning us on to what he's up to musically. This is his band, Gypsy Hawk, that he's playing with now. Uh, I think this this song is great, uh, honestly. Just uh, really, really blown away. It's called 
Hedge King by Gypsy Hawk. just heard was a little brand new gypsy hawk hedge king was the name of that song awesome stuff 
Thank you for joining me on the Talking Metal podcast. John is not here, obviously, doing another Mark Striegel solo, which has kind of become the norm lately. It's funny because I feel like John is back in the Talking Metal swing, although you guys haven't heard him recently on the podcast. Uh, we do hope to start doing more audio podcasts together. And, you know, John is uh, John has been totally in the Talking Metal swing because basically what we've been doing is we've been spending a lot of time doing TV shows. Let me tell you what, what this is all about. The first one is almost done. It will be posted on youtube.com slash Talking Metal, I would say sometime within the next two weeks. And it rocks. I'm very proud of it. And, you know, the the whole television industry is changing. I, I watched a, a show on CNBC recently about just how, how television is evolving. It didn't really turn, turn me on to anything uh, new as far as news on the TV industry goes. But, um, you know, it's basically confirming stuff that I thought or already knew, which is that, you know, in the next five years, you're going to see – TV, the way we view television, change more than it has, let's say, in the past 30 years. And the main reason is is because of, you know, websites like YouTube. Uh, the younger generation basically is not really differentiating, if that's the, the, the correct word, um, as much as the older generation between watching content online and watching content on TV I do truly still believe in that American viewing experience where you sit on the couch and you watch TV. But as the new TVs come out with YouTube built right into them, um, you know, internet-ready television, if you will, and the interface gets more usable, the YouTube interface, uh, for for TV-ready uh, stuff. I mean, I have this RCA streaming internet thing, and it has YouTube on it, and it's just clunky the way the way you can view YouTube stuff on your TV. Having said that, it does work, and it is pretty amazing to watch. Go to, like, the Nat Geo YouTube channel and watch streaming content. Not streaming, I'm sorry. You know, uh, content that Nat Geo has put up, HD content that Nat Geo has put up, and just watch that on your TV Um you know, in an on-demand fashion, but using YouTube. If any of this makes any sense to you, you know, where I'm going with this is is to talk about our YouTube.com slash Talking Metal page. You know, there's another station. Uh, YouTube is now, the, the, the big leap that they're doing is they're going to be offering streaming content where it's it's not, you know, not where you go to YouTube and watch a clip. It's you go to YouTube and you watch a stream, which is also pretty cool. So anyways... Uh, we're, the traditional idea of cable, I think, is going uh, is going to be going away within the next ten years to fifteen years for sure, and you're going to see internet TV kind of take over. It's my hope that we will have you guys join us in front of your televisions and watch the new Talking Metal TV shows that we are putting together. We've shot two of them already. They are both still being edited. One, we haven't even, the second episode, we haven't even started editing, but we shot it at John's apartment last Saturday. It was a lot of fun. Then we went into the city and hung out at the Overkill show. But the first one is almost done. So I know probably 95% of you are going to watch it on your computer. 
uh, which is fine. I, I ask you to plug in some headphones or some good speakers because we spend a lot of money uh, mixing our jams uh, on the show. They're 100% live, but we did record them onto a Pro Tools rig and mix them and then bring them back and sync them back to the picture. But they are 100% live. Somebody posted a comment on, on our YouTube page that they thought we recorded all the Talking Metal jams in the studio and then lip-synced it. I guarantee uh, you must be deaf, dude, because there, if we did that, we wouldn't have all the mistakes and, and uh, you know mess-ups that John and I um, are giving you as far as our own playing goes on, on those jams. Um, yeah, they're definitely live. And again, what we do is we, we shoot them live, and, and at the same time, we're running a Pro Tools rig recording the... This is the same way we did it for the Fuse show, which you guys haven't seen any new jams, I, I don't think, since then, uh, except for a few leftovers that we have posted through the years. Um, yeah, we record them on Pro Tools, and then we sync them to the, uh, to the, to the, the stuff we shot. So it's 100% live. And uh, what else? Yeah, so we got this new episode going up within the next two weeks. It'll be probably about 50 minutes, which I think is too long, personally, for your attention span out there, especially on YouTube. But that's the way it is. I'd love to envision you guys just kicking back, getting a beer, sitting down with your your lady or just on your own on the nice comfy sofa, watching it full screen because it is going to be HD on YouTube and enjoying it. Um, if you do watch it on your computer, again, just hook up some good speakers again, cause, or headphones, because we did spend some money mixing it. I think it sounds great. The first episode, what you'll get is uh, a jam with Rob Dukes. We do the the classic Black Sabbath song, Snow Blind, with him. And uh, in that same jam, we have uh, Ron Lipnicki on drums. He plays with the band Overkill. And then we'll have some footage. We're going to talk about that band Gog Magog, which was this obscure 80s band that didn't last very long at all, but it featured Yannick Gers from Iron Maiden before he was in Maiden. And then it also featured Clive Burr and Paul Diano after they were in Iron Maiden in it. And again, it's called Gog Magog. It's kind of a, a little lost gem, if you will. So we, we talk about that and we play some of our clips that we've shot through the years with, with Deano and, and Yannick talking about that same project. Uh, then we rehash, if you will, some of the, uh, the interview John shot with his man Ace Freely back a number of years ago, probably two years, two, three years ago at this point. Uh, we use that. We kind of play it off as new footage for you insiders. You'll you'll see that. Um, and then what we do is we get into a, a new interview with Todd Youth, which I think is too long. I'm still attempting to cut it down. <laughs> I mean, you guys might find it interesting. Uh, Todd Youth isn't obviously a big name. I'm, I'm afraid it's going to put most people to sleep and they're going to click click off of YouTube before it's over. But it is kind of interesting. He has some great stories about, you know, Motorhead and Jesse Mellon and playing with Danzig. So hopefully you guys will will watch it. And it ends then with John and I doing kind of a, a jam on the Kiss classic Hotter Than Hell with Dan Lorenzo and uh, from Hades nonfiction fame and Ron Lipnicki from Overkill. So I think it's fun. I think it's fun. I, I wish we had more star power in there. Maybe the the Iron Maiden stuff will help us uh, with the viewership. I don't know. I, I think it's a good show. I, I really do think, especially the first 15 minutes of it, are incredibly strong. So 
Let me know what you think. If you can experience watching it on a bigger screen, let me know how that works. You know, step into the the uh, the twenty first century and and uh, watch it. You know, via YouTube, but watch it on your television, not just your computer screen. And chill out and um, watch a good show. I think it's I think it's on par with the stuff we did on Fuse. You know, three four years ago. I think it is um, a good quality product. So let me know what you think. I'm very excited for you guys to to see and watch it. Talking Metal Pirate Radio is going to be what it's called. And uh, there's numerous reasons we're calling it Pirate Radio. I know that term may be played out here in New Jersey. There's Seton Hall Pirate Radio, which is actually right down the street from me, uh, where in Maplewood here over in South Orange. Um, we're not ripping that off. You know, there was a, a movie called Pirate Radio. Um, there's There was a ship uh, that used to broadcast off the coast of Long Island here in the uh, New York metropolitan area, which called itself Pirate Radio. So I, I don't think Pirate Radio is any exclusive term that that anybody owns. Or, or, you know, so that's why I'm going to call it Talking Metal Pirate Radio. And that's partly plays into the pirate radio terminology. I mean, pirates are out there in ships, you know, operating without laws, kind of doing whatever the fuck they want. And that's kind of how I'm viewing this uh, talking metal uh, show. You know, we're just doing doing it however the hell we want and throwing it on YouTube. We don't have any network like Fuse or VH1 or even MTV2 with the Headbangers Ball stuff that we did uh, telling us what to do. You know, which the MTV2 stuff, it was kind of disappointing. You know, we, we did, I think, seven episodes, maybe eight, of the Headbangers Ball kind of guest hosts. This is post the Fuse show. And uh, we actually shot more than that. We probably did like ten of them. I mean, and we shot like a whole episode with Accept. It was just a drag. Like, they didn't use it. You know, and we, we turned it into them, and then they were like, oh, no, these guys are, are not relevant, and they're too old. You know, at first they, they were like, how many records have Accept sold? You know, what have they done recently? And they were just like, no, no, forget it. And so that kind of sucked. Um, we also did shoot a Headbangers Ball episode with Mike Portnoy that was never used, and that was just... More, I think they would have used it, but the whole thing was weird because when we shot it with him, he was in Dream Theater, and then what happened was uh, he quit like shortly after that, and it would have just been odd because he was still talking as he was a, as if he were a member of Dream Theater. We did post the non the non head like we did an actual interview with him, and we posted that online on on our YouTube dot com slash Talking Metal page, but um, there were other stuff where he was actually talking about actual videos, pitching the videos, and and doing it as an episode of Headbangers Ball with us, which we never used. And that was, I won't blame MTV2 for that. That was more kind of a, a decision John and I decided not to turn it in because it was just odd, you know, having having him quit Dream Theater almost immediately after we did the interview with him. Yeah, rambling on. Let's play a little Goat Hanger. Just check these guys out on Facebook. You, you should uh, go give them a like. They're at facebook.com slash Goat Hanger Band. Good stuff. I like you guys. Uh, this is a little Goat Hanger. 
That was Man on Fire by Goat Hanger out of Australia. Good stuff. I enjoy that. Nice to hear, you know, kind of more obscure bands that you don't hear on Sirius Radio or on any of these goofy FM heavy metal radio shows that are out there. FM's weird. Can you actually measure listenership on FM radio? I don't I don't think you can. I think it's all kind of polling that's, that's done. Well, I'm not sure about that. If if you happen to know, let me let me know. I tell you, man, there's a prominent FM radio guy who does a metal show here in the New York area, and I don't think he has as many listeners as uh, a lot of people think. And I have numerous reasons to believe that. Um, I went to the chat room during one of his shows recently, and, and there was like hardly anybody in there. Um, it made me kind of happy how how well we used to do with our Talking Metal Internet Live uh, internet radio live show, which we're not doing anymore. Um, cause we used to get at times we get a ton of people in the chat rooms back in the day, a couple of years back, maybe chat rooms just aren't as popular as they used to be with the Twitter and all this stuff. Facebook, maybe they've kind of killed message boards and chat rooms. Maybe not. I don't know. We have a message board, which is definitely not, uh, doesn't have as much traffic as it used to, but I'd love to hang out with you guys there. It is TalkingMetalForums.com, and the password is Metal Mike. That's one word. Let me talk about Metal Mike. I asked him to come down and be a part of the new TV show that we're doing for YouTube, which, again, I'm really proud of the way it's uh, it's coming out. And uh, I don't know. He, he kind of kind of uh, didn't – I wouldn't say flaked on me, but didn't seem real interested in doing it. That was the vibe I got. Um but we love Metal Mike, and, and hopefully he'll be on a future episode of the new Talking Metal Pirate Radio TV show, which you'll be seeing soon, again, on our YouTube.com slash Talking Metal page. Just took a full-time job at a station called IFC. It's not a staff job, but I'll be full-time with them Monday through Friday, you know, 10 to 7 every day. IFC, if you happen to watch it. A lot of the promos that you've been seeing recently, I've been part-time with them for a while now, have been written by me and and many even produced by me. So I'm going full-time with them. should be interesting. I've enjoyed the freelance life, though. Uh, Money's been good this year, freelancing. 2011 wasn't as strong as I uh, hoped it would be. Uh, But uh, this year it's been really good. So um, I'm basically booked through the end of the year now with this IFC thing. So I'm happy about that. I won't have quite as much flexibility as I've had the the first half of the year here, the first five months of the year. But um, this will kind of be in there full time where now I kind of just bounce around from a diff- bunch of different clients and edits and in North Jersey and Manhattan, and occasionally I'll pop into my good friend Mike Peel, who's working hard on editing the Talking Metal TV show. I actually did a little editing on it myself using Final Cut 10, kind of threw the basic pass of it together, and then I threw it over to him, and he's been tweaking it more. Our friend Jay Bones actually edited the Hotter Than Hell jam that will be a part of it, and uh, it's looking good. Ugh. Uh, I'll quit talking about it for now, but it's looking good. Can't wait for you guys to see it. The original Dio lineup, Vivian Campbell, Jimmy Bain, Claude Chanel, 
and Vinnie Apice getting back together without Dio, but I guess they're going to play the Dio songs. I don't know how I feel about it. It seems like this isn't something Dio would have approved of. I don't think he would have, but um, yeah, let's see. I, I, you know, Vivian Campbell, I, I, even even when he was, was uh, D, you know, when Dio first died, I didn't get really much of a good vibe from him that he was paying respect to to not just Dio but but to the music that he he did with Dio. I mean if even if he didn't even if in in with Dio's passing even if he he had negative feelings about Dio, he should have really come out and 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 said a statement about, you know, I'm I'm proud of the work I did with Dio and blah blah blah, but it seems like he said quite the opposite through the years and, and didn't really redeem himself much with the passing of Dio. So why the hell is he getting back together with the original Dio lineup? Is it money? Who knows? Who knows? Dave Mustaine has mentioned that his uh, Metallica Megadeth supergroup idea that he's been blabbing about in the press these past uh, this past half year is uh, is 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 not happening. Actually, I, I think it was Hetfield who announced that the, that is definitely not happening. And then I think there was a response from Dave Mustaine. Dave Mustaine, he's uh, you know, he's got in some ways he's got a big mouth, and I, there's part of me that really likes that, and there's another part of me that sometimes thinks he needs to watch what he says. But um, I I I was kind of into the idea of you know Lars and James doing some work with like Dave and potentially Dave, both Daves from from Megadeth. Uh, especially after that Lou Reed debacle, which I don't know if that was really as bad as everybody made it out to be. There was a couple of good sounding riffs on there. It was a bizarre record, but eh, didn't it didn't annoy me quite the way that some people were, were upset by it. Do I go and listen to it very often? No, but I listened to it probably once, maybe twice through <laughs> back when it came out, or you know, shortly after it came out. Yeah, yeah, what else? Let's play a little Jack Blades. I'm really digging some of the new stuff the uh, former damn Yankees Night Ranger bassist has put out. Singer, for that matter, too. This is called Rock and Roll Ride by Jack Blades.
What you just heard was Rock and Roll Ride by Jack Blades. Guys, we operate off your support. Please go to TalkingMetal.com and give us a PayPal donation. Anything you can afford is appreciated, whether that is $100 or whether that is 100 pennies. It all works. It's all good. We need your support. Go buy a T-shirt in the store section of Talking Metal. I know some of you guys have done that recently, and that is awesome. Spread the word about the Talking Metal podcast. Spread the word about the new Talking Metal Pirate Radio TV show. Let your friends on Facebook know. Let your friends on Twitter know. We need you to talk about us. We don't have a big marketing advertising budget here to spread the word, so we need you to support us. If you can't make a donation, a PayPal donation, if you can't buy a T-shirt, at least go to Twitter and, and, and let people know, tweet that you listen to us. I'm on Twitter in two different locations, uh, twitter.com slash talkingmetal and twitter.com slash striegel, S-T-R-I-G-L. I'm on Facebook at facebook.com, M-S-T-R-I-G-L. And there is also a Talking Metal page on Facebook. So if you just go into Facebook and search Talking Metal, you should be able to find that. Give us a like, if you will, on that Facebook page. Just tell people about us. You know, that's that's a great way to, to uh, support what we do. Anyways, I got a work meeting coming up in about 10 minutes here on the phone, so I should probably wrap things up. Let's go to a little Maiden right now. This is Chains of Misery by Iron Maiden. Chains 
always always loved that song. Chains of Misery by Iron Maiden. Great one off of Fear of the Dark. And we will wrap things here today with a little email. Let me uh, go to my internet browser here. A guy named Eric uh, sent in a good email recently. Who I know Eric. He is a good... uh, Good talking metal. No, not that, Eric. I'm going through my email right now. Good supporter of talking metal. Latest show feedback. I am emailing... Mark, I am emailing to provide some feedback on the show I heard today. Your latest show. I believe this uh, show that he's commenting on is 381. Specifically about Spotify versus albums and the possible Talking Metal app. I really disagree with you about albums and whether or not they are dead. You're right that a lot of bands slash musicians put out shitty albums. I, I would I would say most of them do, honestly. But okay, uh, okay, on with the email. But there are a lot of bands putting out great albums even today. The latest Megadeth and Anthrax albums were are awesome. The new Van Halen is great, except for one or two tracks. You're right about crappy fillers, but that just means we need to be more disconcerting consumers of music. Okay, uh, maybe, I mean, maybe the Megadeth and Anthrax albums are awesome in your opinion, but, you know, the Van Halen one, I I think has some strong stuff. I enjoy it, but it should have, they should have just put out four songs. Come on. I mean, it's like, there was no need to do a full album, and who knows? I may have even been better, if done done better. I, I I still will stand by the comment that I think uh, albums are dead, and the music business might be not music business because, of course, business is all about selling you as much stuff as they can. But maybe the music uh, the music. The music, what is the word? Society, the music's the our, our ears as consumers of music uh, may be better off for that. I, I do believe the album is dead at this point, and that's, that's just my take on it. I don't know if I agree with you on the last Anthrax and Megadeth record, you know, being great listens from start to finish. I, I really don't. Um, I think both of those albums could have potentially been stronger. And more potent, if you will, more just uh, intense if they would have been a lot shorter or somewhat shorter. But I respect your opinion. If you think they were great albums from, you know, start through finish, I definitely do think there were some very strong songs on the last Megadeth and Anthrax album. The Anthrax album disappeared off of Spotify. It was up there, and I was listening to it, and then suddenly it was gone, which I, I feel like is uh, greed on somebody's part over there. Maybe it's back up at this point. I don't know. Maybe it's smart. You know, Adele, you know, who's, her album sold m- more than any album since this whole Napster, you know, stealing music internet phase has has, has happened. Uh, and she's she's selling, and she's not on Spotify. So maybe uh, maybe not being on Spotify is smart for some of these artists. I would think for a band like Anthrax, it wouldn't be. It's just my opinion. Uh, back to your email. I'm really grateful for you turning me on to Spotify. Those Spotify, 
through Spotify, I've been able to gain access to a bunch of albums I don't already have. In the early 1990s, I had almost every Judas Priest album on cassette. As you can imagine, those are all gone. Now, on Spotify, I have them again. I only have four to five of them on CD these days, but I can listen to any of them on Spotify. Isn't it awesome, Eric, how you can just have all this music at your fingertips and not have to think about, ooh, I need to go download these MP3s from iTunes and then back them up on a drive for the rest of my life. Fuck that, man. You got everything right there at your fingertips. Well, not everything, as we've uh, explained, but uh, a lot of great stuff. I think the weakness of Spotify, to which you have alluded to in your podcast, is that bands that are popular or classic don't make enough money off of Spotify to justify making them available. This means no Led Zeppelin or ACDC. That's, that's right, Eric. It does. It means no Tool. It means no The Eagles, a band I like. You know, it means no Metallica. You know, so a lot of great stuff is missing from Spotify. Uh, back to Eric's email. But I have access to stuff like Bullet Boy's debut album, debut album, which I think is incredibly underappreciated, and all the Judas Priest and Thin Lizzy I can take. Man, wasn't that Bullet Boy's, uh, wasn't that first record a great uh, album produced by Ted Templeton? I remember seeing them for the first time open for Paul Stanley at this at the place called the City Gardens in Trenton, New Jersey. Yeah, great stuff, Bullet Boys. Uh, I actually, my band then opened for them uh, in in probably the early 2000s. Uh, one of my, my bands, a band called the Hollywood Superstars, which is actually up on Spotify. The album is Let It Shine by Hollywood Superstars, kind of a punk rock with bits of metal thrown in there. Um, check it out if if you will. I think, uh, okay, back to Eric's email. Uh, I still think a great album cover and good liner notes help me appreciate the music more. On a related note, it will be incredibly it would it will be incredibly difficult to make sure that metal is carried over to the next generation if they are listening to just the old stuff. I think a generation. I think a generation, they will identify better with the music if they are hearing it from bands from their own generation. Um, oof, suddenly thought, why are Motley Crue, the Motley Crues of the world, not playing more new material at shows? That needs to happen more. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I enjoyed when, when I saw Motley last year and they did uh, Saints of Los Angeles. That was like the only new song they did. And I thought that was good. I don't know if I could have dealt with anything more than that. But uh, even though I do like some of the new Motley Crue stuff off of that record. Uh, anyways, uh, Eric's email continues. You asked about the iPhone app. I don't have much to say except to ask this. Would What would that offer that wouldn't be possible without it? I don't know. We need to look into that, Eric. One-stop shopping would be good if it includes the audio shows. Of course, if we do an app, it would include the audio shows. Uh, and Eric goes on links to videos and maybe a fan forum similar to that on the website. I don't think we would open another fan forum unless the app somehow linked to the one that already exists online. Um, but I ask that you make sure not to take down or stop maintaining the website. That still needs to be the home for, for everything. Yeah, definitely. All right. Now that email comes in from Eric in DC. Thanks dude. And that's going to do it for me today on this episode of talking metal. 
I did uh, want to mention that Gibson just released a freaking one of those 80s looking Gibson Explorers. This one with a Floyd Rose built into it, a white one. Uh, I still have one that's similar to that from the 80s. Of course, it never had the Floyd Rose. God, I want that. But 2500 bucks That's freaking crazy, man. Whew, yeah, good heavy metal guitar. The white Gibson Explorer, which is what Hetfield actually played before he moved over to... Um, to ESPs. All right, what should we end with here? I don't, I don't know. Music wise, let me see what I just have on my, uh, on my freaking uh, iTunes. We did King Diamond, right? Yeah. What about Wicked Sensation by Lynch Mob? Here it is. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 